as soon as I pull in the parking lot, he's like, wait, no, no, no. Like, I'm so sorry. Give me some insight on this. Dude, I love murder. How are you feeling mentally? Like, there is no choice. This is a good deterrent of why people should not stalk you. I'm gonna blackmail you. I can feel that. You need to chill. For the people that didn't see our last podcast episode uh, on this channel, go ahead and, and tell us who you are and what you what is your current uh, percentage on OnlyFans. Uh, so I'm Katie, aka K. I no longer try to keep my real name disguised. I'm Katie, um, <laughs> known as Next Work Girl K. But I started OnlyFans in 2021, I believe it was. I've been full-time now for a little over a year. Um, I did a podcast with Scotty a couple months ago. I was sitting at the, I believe it was the 0.6% when we recorded, or was it 0.9%? I think it was, uh, yeah, it was like 0.8 something at that time. Yeah. Um, And that was a couple months ago, and right now I'm currently sitting at the 0.14%. The lowest I've been is 0.11%, but I've been staying within the 0.1% for the past month or so for now and still growing. That's pretty crazy now. Um, Just to give everybody some context, when I first met you, how much was your gross revenue at that time and how much is it now? I had that shift where I took my one page and I shifted it from a free page to my VIP page. Because when I first initially met you, I had a no PPB page. And so upon talking to optimize my income, I got rid of the no PPV because you had said that that would be best. And then I started my page basically all over again. My free page became my VIP with PPVs. So it was probably, it was probably five or six K. It's so hard to keep track with because I was writing both at this, at the time and now is 56,000. So if I remember cuz you cuz you know we were kind of looking at some of your stats and stuff and so your your gross was like 74,000 and your net was like 59 or something like that. So yeah, yeah. That, yeah. So that's pretty that's pretty crazy. I mean that's some pretty know. wild numbers to even wrap your brain around. Um so Great you're life. kind of <laughs> yeah. Um you're basically among a tiny fraction of creators that, you know, have reached those kinds of numbers and, and that level. What do you think is kind of the biggest differentiator uh, between creators who maybe, you know, they're they're maybe kind of where you were at. They're making just enough to maybe pay their bills and kind of, you know, live live decently. But what Good. do you think is the biggest difference between those types of creators who are maybe making just enough to get by and creators who are on your current level making crazy numbers, you know, top 0.1, you know, and, and that kind of stuff right there. What do you think is the biggest <clears throat> difference? Um, so I would say that the biggest difference for me is, well, I would say the biggest difference in general for a lot of people would be drive. Like how bad do you want it? What are your intentions? Are you doing enough to be where you want to be? For me, it was not a lack of drive. It was honestly a lack of knowledge. So I feel like you have two different categories of creators. Some creators who they're at where they're at. They're starting where they're at because it's measured off of how bad they want it. And then there's other creators who 
want it bad enough and they want to improve and they're not complacent. However, they don't have the knowledge and they don't have the connections to do so, if that makes sense. Yeah, so so do you feel like, um, you know, a few months ago, three, four months ago, whenever things were kind of going downhill, you were doing all this different stuff, posting content, but it wasn't really getting the results that you were looking for. But now you're getting these huge, crazy numbers still working like crazy, <laughs> wild, crazy uh, hours. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you feel more stressed out then, or do you feel more stressed out now that you, that you're, you kind of, you know, you've hit this new level and you, you are afraid to kind of lose it or you want to get better? How, I mean, how are you feeling mentally with all that? Um, so I feel pretty damn good mentally. I can say that. That's a conclusion. I'm feeling great. Um, but, um, I would say that. You know, back then, there's definitely a different type of pressure now than there was back then. But that back then's pressure and mentality was, I have to make this minimum to pay my bills. Like, there is no choice. There is no swaying. I have to make 4K, 5K, whatever, a month. I got nine animals. I got a house. I got bills. I have to make this. Now it's more of a, um, like, I'm going to let myself down if I don't improve every single month. It's not that I need 60K a month. <laughs> I don't think anyone needs 60K a month, but it's, there's pressure on myself to do better and better. I wouldn't say I'm stressed out as much. I'm not stressed out as much because I have that leverage, but I am harder on myself if that, if that resonates. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like anybody who's, uh, in, you know, doing this whole entrepreneurship thing can easily understand uh, where you're coming from. And the people that don't or the people that aren't, um, you know, into this type of <laughs> lifestyle uh, probably think it's ridiculous. You know, why why do you work so hard when you're making this much money? Why not just go sip martinis on the beach and, <laughs> you know, hang out and relax and, yeah. and things like that? Um, you know, so, so I guess one question is this whole thing, we, we hear it all over the internet with people talking about, uh, money doesn't buy you happiness. Money can't do this. Money can't do that. What is your opinion on that whole idea? Does money make you happier or not? Um, experiences make me happier. And if I want those experiences, then money's going to have to come into the equation. So I want to... I want to travel more. I like, you know, prior to OnlyFans, I never got my nails done. Uh, I never got my lashes done. Never did any type of service that is girly. Um, <laughs> I never went out of my way to take care of myself because I was, at the time, truly before OnlyFans, I was contemplating, hey, do I want to eat ramen at night and then be able to feed my cats well? Or do I want my cats to eat shitty and then I get a decent meal? So it doesn't buy happiness, but it does provide security. And it provides you with a freedom to choose whatever life you want to live. And you have to be smart about it. Because if I wasn't smart, I would have went to Hawaii and Alaska and everywhere else by now. But I'm waiting on that because I want to retire early. So... <laughs> 
Exactly. And so now that so now there's a, a new uh, set of challenges. One of the biggest problems that many creators face once they start making money is you know the the issue of elevating your lifestyle as your income goes up, not really taking taxes into a, account, you know, buying fancy cars, buying fancy dinners, buying fancy vacations and things like that. You've actually went the opposite direction, living, you know, as frugal as possible, even though you're making um, some pretty crazy numbers. How did you have the sort of insight um, to just kind of keep things as frugal as possible even though you're making this kind of money? Um, so insight, I would say that I always grew up appreciating and not, I mean, I wasn't spoiled, but I was supplied with what I needed. I, I was on travel softball teams. I had nice clothes. I, you know, um, but growing up, looking back now, I know this now, I didn't know how much money like my family had growing up. Like we had a D I would say we were like at the high end of a mid-class family, low end of a high class. I thought by the way I was brought up, we were just like barely scraping by it. But that's because that's how my parents raised me. They raised me, you know, that if you don't need it, don't get it. And not to waste, to like repurpose stuff. So instead of, you know, if something is broke, try fixing it before going out and getting, you know, something brand new. So part of it is um, how I was brought up. But then another part of it also is that we're talking like two years ago, I was that broke. It's still very fresh to me how that feels. And your girl is not trying to go back to doing that. <laughs> like I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to live my best life and you you know you never know you you have control in the end of your income like you can do whatever you want let's say OnlyFans goes whatever you know you have control over your audience the media and your influence it's just your integrity and resilience however if OnlyFans does take a shit someday I want to be prepared for that because what if I have to be out of work or in a slow period for a month or two months or what if my partner loses his job you just have to like financially prepare for the unexpected. Did you ever imagine that you would sort of be in that position? Like, did you know for sure it was coming or is it, did it all kind of like come on fast and you're like, holy shit, what happened? <laughs> um, so I always knew that I had the knowledge and the potential to get to where I'm at. It was just a matter of how the hell am I going to make it happen? Because before diving into your program and learning the knowledge and because there's a lot of things that I learned within your program and continue to learn because you add to it I'm like why didn't I think of that like I'm doing so much more within such a shorter amount of time with less effort because I'm thinking and working smarter so like I always had the idea that like I can do this but like how the fuck am I gonna do it so like when you came along, it was like a whole knowledge aspect. So I was expecting it some way. Like I was really hoping for a breakthrough. But at the same time, I was like discouraged and on the down slope before I met you because I was trying everything possible. I was working over 100 hours a week. I was tired and grumpy, which didn't help anything. I don't know what. But yeah, I expected it, but I didn't expect it. 
Well, I can I uh, I resonate with that because it happens with with my stuff all the time where I no. know the plan, I can see the plan, I execute the plan, I know it's going to end yeah, up think- where it's going to end up, but then when it gets there, it's like, damn, ah. that re- that worked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how I feel. Yeah, so I I can feel that. Um, so I mean, at this point, you have a pretty good amount of experience in the industry. Uh, have you run into any of any like crazy situations with you know fans, stalkers, you know anything like that? So um, there's I had a subscriber who wanted me to video call with him, and at the time my boundaries are still are that I do not video call, I don't voice call, I don't video call, I don't in person, I don't do any of that. And he was reluctant to accept that, and so he constantly was like i'm gonna blackmail you i'm going to send your nudes such and such and um at the time i was like whatever i was like you need to chill because i'm gonna block you um but before i even got to block him he went on my personal facebook like not my creator i don't have a creator facebook but he went on my personal facebook screenshotted my profile and my friend list and said okay i'm gonna send your nude to this 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 and here was my mom's, my grandma, my aunt. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I was, at the time, I was so, like, petrified because it was only three or four months into content creation. I wasn't even that big. I was I was dealing with that. Um, and he just went on my personal Instagram. I don't know how he found it, as it was just K at the time. I didn't even use my name, Katie, or my last name. But he went on my socials, screenshotted it, sent it to me to prove that hey, I know who you are in real life, um, and threatened to send my content if I didn't go on a video call with him. And so after about a week of that, I got sick of it, and I went to the police. I was going to the police station. I was like, this motherfucker wants to play. I'm a play. So I went to the police station. I, when I was on my way there, I pulled up in the parking lot because that's blackmail. Like, you can't do Like, that's not legal. In my eyes, it wasn't legal. I don't think it's legal in the law either. Um, Because that's all confidential. It's watermarked. So as soon as I pull in the parking lot, he's like, wait, no, no, no. Like, I'm so sorry. Um, I didn't mean to do that. I wouldn't do that to you. All this, all that. I'm like, are you sure? Like, I should have went in anyways. But he said, yes, I promise. I'll delete all this. So I didn't end up contacting the police. Um, But he had the nerve to ask if he could still be part of my page after. Like, no. Like, what? Now you're not going to be part of like me. Joe was just real life. Um, but that's my, that's my bad experience. It wasn't an in-person thing. I don't know where he was located. But it was very creepy. Like, it wasn't... It, it was very unsettling to me. And I lived it by, by myself at the time. So that was... Yeah. I think that's a pretty... Because almost every creator that I talk to has some version of of stories like that how so how do you how do you get over kind of um you know how does that not discourage you from continuing to do only fans how do you not be like okay i'm i'm done with this this is this is too much um the money well <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm like i could quit this but at the time i was making like an extra 500 dollars a month I was working three jobs and making $2,500 a month. So $500 extra from selling like my content that I wanted to create was a lot to me. 
And um, at the time, it wasn't a, do I want to do this or not do this? It's, do I want to have electric or do I want to have no lights in the house? So at the time, the only way to get past it was to like prioritize, like, is it really more important Mm. for what people think of me or is it more important that I live a happy life? Um, But then also safety was within, obviously, the realm of that. So I did have to take the safety into consideration. Um, I wasn't going to stop doing it. Like, I, there was no way I was going to stop doing it. There was no way I, I, like, I'm a very hard-headed person. So, like, if I want to do something, like, you best believe I'm doing it. Like, there's no way someone's going to stop me. But it was a matter of figuring out, like, how am I going to handle this? So... Yeah, I just kind of tried to rationalize and luckily it hasn't happened since, which is insane to me. I've been, you know, doing it full time and I haven't had an experience like that again. So it's became a little distant, the thought. I'm sure I'll be scared when it happens again, but for now that's in the past. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty crazy because you you have, uh, I wonder if it's because, and this is something I've talked about on the pod before with with different people is because in the beginning <laughs> you feel like you have to, you know, you, you don't have that many fans yet. So you feel like you have to Happy really deep. cater to people and really yeah. go deep with everybody. And then they get this, you know, kind of, um, attachment that's like, you know, pa- past yes. the line in some cases. Oh my God. Okay. Um, so I think that's, that's maybe the biggest thing. So um, it sounds like you agree. So is that, is that something you would tell creators? Like, even if you don't have that many fans, like don't go past, you know, don't get that deep with them to where they become obsessed and yes. start doing stuff like that. Yeah. No, don't, don't, don't do it. It's, it is not worth it. And like, I watch a lot of Dateline, <laughs> a lot of murder shows. I love murder. That sounds so bad, but I love murder. I love watching murder. Give me some insight on this. What What is it about the dating shows and, and all those murder shows that, that you guys like so much? <laughs> um, so actually, I think, okay, so in my defense, I have a psychology background and a psychology degree, and I'm all about the mind. Firstly, okay, what's going on in their mind? And secondly, what have they been through that drove them to do this? Because I can tell you, like, Zach and I will sit there and watch murder shows and um, a murderer will do something like stupid. But you don't bury the body here. You don't do this. You don't do that. So like, I don't know. It's attractive. I'm a safe person though. I'm a very safe loving person. Well, listen, if anything else, this is a good deterrent of why people should not stalk you. I think I've said enough. By the way, if you want to learn the best systems and strategies to grow your social media and really level up your skills to get more fans consistently, be sure to check the link down in the description below, or you can scan the QR code on the screen here. Remember, average skills are going to give you average results, and average is not going to pay your bills in this business. It's up to you to master these skills and learn how to properly promote your account if you want to see real long-term success in the business. And now, back to the podcast. So back with, back with OnlyFans, for certain creators, right, if, if they're not getting very good results, you know, they don't know how to get fans, maybe they're feeling, you know, burnt out, frustrated. Do you, So one of the questions that I get a lot, I get a lot of creators that reach out to me asking for, you know, 
getting them connected to an agency, asking for management, asking for all these different things. What is your thoughts and opinions on Mm. if a creator's brand new, she doesn't know how to advertise, she doesn't know how to get fans, should she reach out and start trying to hire an agency? Some people say, I've watched other creators that do not get an agency. Don't do it. It's your money. They don't deserve it. They don't whatever. I understand where they're coming from. However, I want y'all to understand too that my agency came in and they started doing things that I didn't have the time to do. I'm a one person, one person thing. My agency is a four or five person team. Um, four or five people, when you split them up and they do their individual little parts of a page. I think the dynamic between agencies and creators. Um, a lot of uh, creators are confused about what an agency is actually supposed to do. An agency is its its primary purpose is not to drive fans to your page. Its primary right. purpose is to give you your time back when you already the, have too many fans to manage. Right, exactly. And if you're smart about it, the time that you get back with the agency, you'll just reinvest into your marketing. I guess first of all, what do you think is the hardest? part about OnlyFans? It's a tie between work ethic and overcoming insecurities. I'm a very secure person on the outside, but sometimes, obviously, if you're insecure about something, like physically, and someone points it out, you're like, shit, like people really do see that, you know, insecure side of me. And so that's that's a big mental obstacle. But the biggest obstacle in itself, I think, with OnlyFans is motivation because you're going to have those influxes of one week you're going to be on top of the world and the next week you could be broke and you could be on the other end of the spectrum so i feel like the most difficult part of OnlyFans is being able to have a stable mindset and knowledge um that keeps you strong and able to push through the times that aren't at their highs so how do you do that because that because that is one of the the hardest things I would agree is it's kind it's it's kind of easy to be motivated when you're posting and they're getting tons of views and you're getting all these fans and it's just super awesome but that's you know not something that can be expected to happen all the time so there's these kind of up and down dips and then sometimes you feel like you're creating the same content you already have you, you know all the things that work but for whatever reason they're just not getting views, you're not getting fans, things aren't working as well as they should, and that can be super demotivating. So how do you actually stay motivated during those down times? Um, so I think a lot of my past experiences, and I think of, I relate to other people, and I look at other people's, like that I look up to their success, and I just think about what it must have took for them to get there and what it still takes. So... Being a higher up in the higher percent, when I have my downs, it's not, I feel like, as detrimental or bad because I still have that cushion of having financial freedom. But I like to like reflect back to times where I didn't have a choice on whether or not I was going to move on. So, like, now I have a choice. Like, am I going to lay down and let the hard times, you know, overcome me and then just give up? Uh, I have that choice now, but back then I didn't have that choice because I needed money. So 
I just think back to, you know, I had to do it back then. It's a choice now. But why would I give up if I know that there's light on the other side, on the other end of the tunnel? Because I've already come out. And then I think about my favorite singer, Morgan Wallen, um, <laughs> my favorite country singer. He started out on The Voice, just like, you know, every musical artist starts out. Every musical artist starts by singing, you know, other people's songs. Then they write their songs. Then they start opening up at concerts before they get to do their own concert. And it's just thinking about, like, how, like, there's, like, one out of a million people where it just it's that easy for. But if you're 999,000 one of us, then it's going to be hard. So I feel like just having like rationalizing with yourself and understanding that, you know, it's not normal to for it to be easy. If it was easy, everyone else would do it. So take us through a, an average day. Like what, it, so what time do you wake up? What are you doing as soon as you wake up? What is your whole, how do you structure your whole day to, to get all these things done? Today I woke up at 10 a.m. <laughs> Today is a very bad example. <laughs> um, if I'm tired, well, so I will say if I sleep in, then that's probably because I was up the night before later. But if I go to bed early and I wake up earlier, that's because I was up early working. So um, my day, as soon as I get up, I get up and I have nine animals. So I go feed the cats. I feed the dogs. <laughs> uh, I feed the fish and the hermit crabs and everything in between. And then I have this morning routine where I go to Starbucks every single morning. Um, although like I work from home and I can work from home, I find it that it's better that I have a routine where I just, I get out of the house. I have that 15, 20 minute drive to my workplace or my anchor place where I do my marketing. So I wake up, feed the animals, go to Starbucks. I sit in my car at Starbucks. They probably think I'm a freak. I sit there for like an hour in my car every single morning. I sit in Starbucks and I do my marketing, um, record TikToks in my car because I'm like casual like that. My TikToks aren't very like spunky or like I'm not dressed up. I'm literally just in my car recording. Um, So I do my TikToks once I get to Starbucks. After Starbucks, I go to the gym for an hour because mental health, you got to keep it in check, mental and physical health. Um, so that gives me a break of when I market, get my coffee and market, and then go to the gym. When I go to the gym, it's not that I'm not working because I'm still listening to a podcast or a YouTube video on research on how to better my OnlyFans. So I'm still working at the gym, <laughs> technically. Um, but yeah, marketing, gym, I come home. Um, I do whatever content is needed. Typically I have con or custom requests. Since I've been accepting those, I get a good bit of custom requests. So I come home, I do my custom requests after, you know, an hour of marketing, hour of researching, making myself more knowledgeable. I'd say like the in-between times throughout the day, I come home and then I do like my YouTube videos or whatever I feel like I can dabble in and spend a little more extra time in. If I have like a lot of custom requests or videos or contents to make, sometimes I don't get to my YouTube videos. Um, so that's just kind of like an in-between what I do during the day. And then at night, I do it all over again. Like I do the exact same all over again, minus the gym. I still get coffee at night. And then I do all my marketing for another hour or two hours. Um, 
but that's just like a roundabout. Obviously, every day looks different. Um, some days I wake up at 6 a.m. Other days I'm in bed till 10 a.m. Not proud of that. Tell the people how much content you create. Um, so prior to the smart strategy that I'm using now that I learned from Scotty, I had 70 plus TikTok accounts. I still have those TikTok accounts, but I do no longer post 100 plus TikToks a day because when you do it the right way, you don't need 100 plus TikToks a day. Um, so I used to do that, but now I have eight primary accounts. I post once in the morning and then once at night. So I'm posting a solid 16 minimum TikToks a day, eight in the morning, eight at night. And then all of those with this new method that I've learned from Scotty are recorded within the app. So I'm actually doing them. They're live. I'm not sitting there and pre-uploading um, videos. It's me sitting down and working with the camera about an hour in the morning, hour at night for 16 TikToks. Now, most creators are going to watch this and they're going to, and it's going to make them want to give up because they're going to think to themselves, how in the world am I going to create 16, you know, how am I going to create five, six, 10, 15 TikToks a day? It's impossible. How do you get, how do you get that many videos done? Well, like my TikTok strategy is very much so wherever I'm at. So like in the morning, usually my TikTok strategy is a funny like voiceover where I just point the camera up and like I say the same voiceover over and over again. Because the thing is that like if it's worked for me, I have like these three voiceovers that are like raunchy, but they work so well. So I use them over and over and over again. So sometimes I'm saying like the same thing eight times on eight different accounts. But if it works for me, then I'm going to keep doing it. So as you do and learn what works best for you, as far as like the TikTok algorithm, all you have to do is take those viral videos. The hard work is done. Just take the viral videos and recreate them. And so since I've had like a knowledge and I know what works best for me, all I do every single day is just recreate those videos. And I'm going to keep doing it until they, you know, die down. Then I'll have to figure out a different strategy. But the hardest part is starting out. Then you just need to replicate and follow up with. I, th I think you said something important there, um, which I'll go back to, which is the fact that a lot of creators think that they need to create um, some gr crazy, amazing, unique idea every single time. The reality is you spend the majority, you know, you spend a good amount of time doing research, finding different trends and finding different things, testing those trends finding, you know, maybe you test a hundred different trends, three of them work really well. And then you just really focus on those three that work really well and do them over and over again. Now, the problem is a lot of creators are under the impression or have a fear that if they create the same type of video over and over again on the account, um, they think that people are going to get bored. They think that it's not, you know, that it's going to get overdone. They don't want to do the same thing over and over again. What would you say to creators who kind of keep themselves in that trap of searching for new content because they don't want to do the same thing over and over again? Um, what would be your advice to somebody who's struggling with that? So I would say just shift your mindset because the way I look at it is, my TikTok platform, when it comes to numbers, as far as how many likes I have and how many subscribers, followers, I could care less what that says. Like, I don't I don't care what that says. Um, my goal isn't to build a TikTok account. My goal is to get my TikTok, each individual TikTok, to reach an audience 
get that audience to go to my Instagram, which is where I personalize my stuff and I do new things all the time. My Instagram, I don't replicate and I don't keep doing the same thing over and over. That is my brand page. So I, I feel like a lot of creators, like you said, are afraid of like their reputation or they're afraid that, you know, that they'll be boring or that people won't like seeing the content they're producing. But like the content you're making is for you and to drive revenue and traffic to your early fans. It's not to sustain and keep people on TikTok. Like in the end, you don't want, TikTok isn't gonna give you money. Like those people on your TikTok page, it's a plus to have like that subscriber count that it lands on their following page, but your goal is the for you page. So like it, in the end, TikTok doesn't matter as far as your profile. Your goal is to get that one video, to get it pushed and have an impact and convert as many subscribers as possible. Um, yeah, so I think um, you said a couple of really important things in there as well, which I want to go a little bit deeper on, which is the fact that, and for anybody who follows, you know, my strategies um, in terms of the worker accounts, the queen, you know, the queen chains, stuff like that. Um, if you don't know what that stuff is, then you can obviously check the link down in the description below um, where I have all that information. But for, for this purpose to, to explain it simply, there's a difference between a, a brand account, which is an account where you're creating content that has a little bit more depth, has a little bit more care, ha, you know, you're catering to an audience, whereas a worker account, or in most cases, when you have, you know, two or three TikTok accounts, those are considered worker accounts. And the only purpose that those serve is to create content that's going to get pushed to a new audience. It literally does not matter if it has 100,000 followers or zero followers. The followers on those accounts don't really matter. All you're trying to do is get that onto the For You page to get new eyeballs seeing your, your content so that they will follow the links, follow the path, and ultimately end up on OnlyFans. I think that's where a lot of creators get mentally stuck is that they don't want to, you know create the same thing over and over again on these TikTok accounts. But if you find something that works, the only purpose and function of that account is to do more of the things that work that are, uh, you know, have proven to go viral. So I think, um, like you said, you know, kind of switching your mindset to view those accounts basically like a commercial, like an ad that you're serving to new people to get the click. That's really the only purpose that that account serves. Um, would you agree with that? Yes. I wish I could have just said that and you, you simplify everything, but that is exactly what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> As of right now, so you used to have like a crazy amount of accounts and just, you know, posting a ton of content and they were, you know, some of them were, were doing decently well. Um, now you have less accounts that are doing better um, overall. So, so just to kind of simplify the process here, how many how many active TikTok accounts do you post on? How many active Instagram accounts do you post on? Not counting like the, you know, 50 whatever kind of back-end accounts that, that you have, um, but just, you know, the main ones that you post content, say, daily. How many accounts do you have and how much content are you posting on those? So eight TikTok accounts daily, twice a day. So 16 TikToks in total. Twice a day on eight TikTok accounts. 
I have two Instagrams that I post minimum once a day on. So uh, I have my main Instagram and uh, I won't go through it because it's all in your program. But I have my main Instagram and then I have my backup Instagram that I post minimum once a day. So eight TikTok accounts, two Instagram accounts. I have one Twitter account that I um, post on once a day. And then obviously I have my YouTube. I don't do Reddit. Reddit hates me. Um, if you can figure it out, that's great, but I don't do Reddit. So I have eight TikTok accounts, two Instagrams, and one Twitter that I post on every single day, a couple times a day. And you grew, you, your Instagram grew like, because I mean, I think when we first met, it was only what, not that much, a few thousand followers it on was, there? Yeah, it was under 10K, I think, a couple months ago. And then it grew like astronomically. I couldn't tell you why. Like, the things that you least expect and the times you least expect, the videos you least expect to go viral. Like I'm still doing the same thing I did now as when, but it just ebbs and flows. So like part of it is luck in the platform. I think that's an important point as well is there are, you know, you can implement all the best systems, all the best strategies, all the best tools and all the best everything. Um, but at the end of the day, there is a certain element that's unpredictable. And yeah. the, the analogy that I like to use is you have to set up your systems and set up your process to be effective. But at the end of the day, you're really just pulling that slot machine lever yeah. as quickly as possible and as, as effectively as possible, because the more times that you pull that slot machine lever, obviously it's going to hit at some point in time. You don't know when, you don't know how, you don't know what it might hit on, but all you can do is increase the probability by pulling that lever over and over again. Um, so I think that's that's also another thing that um, you know creators can kind of keep in mind when they're creating their content is is you know it's not necessarily about spending all the time and getting all the best angles and getting you know all the best lighting and all this stuff because like. I've seen a million times, like you've seen a million times, you might spend an hour creating the best TikTok in the whole world, but the the accidental clip that you filmed on accident and spent a half a second creating is the one that got 3 million views. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. usually how it works every time. <laughs> so that's that's a, another pretty important point for creators is is to, you know, at least the way things stand right now when it comes to the worker chains, the worker accounts, it's all about volume and the reason that you're able to create so much volume is because you don't stress out trying to make a perfect little video mm -hmm. every single time. You just crank it out. Yeah, absolutely. Just to finish things off here, the question I like to, to ask is if you could give your younger self uh, any piece of advice, what would that be? Your success, like you can go so far, but if you try to make everyone you know, happy around you and you try to comply with, I want, you know, they want me to do this. They want me to do that. Then you're not going to be authentic. You're not going to chase your dreams, yourself. I sound like such a mom right now, but my advice to my younger self and to you is to not care what people think and just go for it because a life of financial freedom and happiness is way more worth it over a life of trying to make other people happy.